how's this? How do we do this again? You're listening to. <laughs> Welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship uh, and the arts. And I clicked on something. I think you're that. our host. I am. And what's your name? Uh, my name is Todd Sullivan. And I'm Ian joining Ravin. me. God damn it, all this music <laughs> is playing. Um, I'm Todd Sullivan. <laughs> That's Peter Amin. Uh, joining us as well, we have Ayla Amin. Hey. Hey. We have all gathered on this fine day to uh, discuss our final thoughts on the first three volumes of Heartstopper by Alice Osman. Join us as we do just that. I think it's the outro. Oh no! Anyway, we'll play. We'll we'll just reverse them this time, I guess. I know it's playing again. Okay, that's it's all my fault. We're just gonna loop the intro and outro music throughout yeah. the whole podcast, just to make sure everyone is. All right, audience, how are we doing? Oh no, no, the audience doesn't like that. Okay, uh, <laughs> cancel that plan. I'm, I'm playing with my I'm playing with my soundboard, which I only get to play with while um, while we're live. The audience likes it. The audience liked that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else do we got here? We have, oh, what's this one? Ooh, there we go. Oh. I play that on the drums in my band class all the time. Beauty. We have a drum kit just out. So I'll make a joke and then I'll play that. And everyone is always so disappointed, but they love it. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is going to be some of our thoughts on Heartstopper and a lot of sound effects. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the, the spooky whole show today. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Okay, so you can stop being spooky now. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so um, we're talking about Heartstopper. Uh, I had a fun piece of trivia I wanted to share with you guys because I have been uh, reading Solitaire by Alice Osman. Oh, okay. Right on. Which uh, I brought up before is... Dead. That's Tori's That's story. That's Tori's story. Yeah. Um, Tori and another, well, I don't know. I'm only about a quarter to a third of the way in. But I did discover in reading Solitaire what beverage it is that Tori always has in her hands because it's... Is it apple juice? It is not. Okay, is not. good guess, good, good guess. guess. Um, is it something like quintessentially British? I wouldn't say so, but okay. I, I don't like know. More generic or... It, yeah, I guess generic. It, it's more, it's just, it's a very Western... Okay. Generally, like Western European kind of beverage. beverage. Hmm. It's it's. Um, I would say it's not unique to, but it is a very um, part of summer. Okay, and it may in fact be very similar to what was consumed at the Paris party. It's a lemonade. It al- almost you're missing one important word that defines the specific type of lemonade. Cherry. Diet. Diet uh, lemonade. It's what's diet, diet lemonade? Diet lemonade. I don't know. That's um, just lemon juice and water. Well, that, or you could you could use like Maybe an artificial, yeah, I've, I've made diet lemonade with like water, lemon juice, and stevia before. Um, apparently, um, what's the name of the, the, the young kid in that family? Oliver. Oliver. Oliver's not allowed to have diet lemonade for some reason. There's a point where um, she's playing... Mario Kart with Oliver and lets him have some. Yeah. But he's allergic to aspartame or something. 
Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oliver. No. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what, uh, Tori is, uh, apparently costly drinking. It's never any, at least in the, the third of the book I've read so far, it's never anything but diet lemonade, always diet lemonade. Okay. And this is diet lemonade as well. I'm drinking a nude pink lemonade. It has, uh, no sugar, just, uh, it doesn't even look like this it says fake sugar. It's just got carbonated water, vodka, natural flavors, and citric acid. Well, there you go. There you go. You're a kindred spirit with Tori right now. <laughs> a kindred now. spirit with Tori right now. Right and on. Darcy. Mm. So here we are um, about halfway through what is believed to be the the overall whole of Heartstopper. Yeah. And um, I mean, we could ask Ayla. She's, I think, more in the loop on what yeah. the plans are for the volumes, but it's volume heard, six, it's right? Six should be the finale. Originally, it was going to be five was the finale, but then apparently Alice is going to do a sixth one as well. Nice. So. Nice. Right on. So we've got the first half covered, yeah. and we'll talk about that today. And, um, you know, our, our thoughts on the, the book, why it was banned or, uh, you know, was challenged. And where we uh where we think maybe some of the the other books might go my my backup keyboard is incredibly noisy so you're going to hear everything i type as i type this um i just was going to bring up a page on where discuss uh, it's banning So, yeah, Heartstopper, a comic book by English author Alice Osman has been banned in several places. The book depicts the love of two men and has been declared as an obscene publication in Turkey. In the Clay County School District in Florida, Heartstopper has been included in the list of more than 50 books being banned. The Urbandale Community School District in Iowa has also banned Heartstopper. The book has joined the growing list of LGBTQ plus books banned in certain parts of the U.S. So far... The worst thing that's happened in this book outside of the homophobia is that two boys have kissed, I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what you quantify as the worst thing. I mean, they, they've broached some subjects, right? We've, we've talked about a little bit into eating disorders and things like that. But as far as inflammatory things from a... Um, you know, southern southern U.S. school well, system. That's probably the most uh, I, outrageous. I guess would be boys making out constantly. Well, I, you, you might be right about the the eating disorder stuff too, because I, I do feel sometimes like their attitude is that if our kids read about these things existing, then they will do those things. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain uh, areas of of the states as well where you know talking about mental health and some of that stuff is uh, is a bit taboo as well. Yeah, but certainly a, a, the homosexuality part is you know, the most inflammatory for people of that ilk. I was also going to mention how, because Elle is trans, I feel like probably also has a lot of play into it. Because even there are some people who like don't care if people are gay, but have huge transphobia. Do you think that transphobia is just more, more akin to like just general queer phobia and that, homophobia is ultimately packaged in that it's just for whatever reason transphobia is currently more acceptable than homophobia so they hide it in that i think that transphobia is homophobia but just 
lots of people just tend to say transphobia is different because you can be transphobic but apparently still be okay with men liking men and women liking women and all that but just not with people changing their gender right so but just sorry todd to go back to your point there you're, you're kind of saying that people that have issues with any type of you know homosexual um type of bent are hiding that by saying you know i accept you know these people and wherever they draw the line but the, the transphobia is where they have a safe spot to be bigots or you know it just culturally That's, it's it's somewhat acceptable now and so they they just kind of divert into that lane that is kind of how it feels to me that it, it's no longer appropriate to be openly uh, homophobic and um but for whatever reason it is it is okay to be more openly transphobic uh and i think it's coming from i i don't think in their mind that there's any distinction i think the vast majority of people who are against transphobia are also probably somewhat homophobic uh, and i think the vast majority of it comes from a religious perspective yeah i i can see that i mean that that certainly is that religious bent is the primary driver, yeah. I, I would say, um, you know, that focus on the family and the, you know, marriages between a man and woman, that whole kind of And the message aspect, of, right? you know, God didn't make you wrong. Because mm -hmm. I see that, I see that so much from parents saying, you know, you know, God made you exactly the way you're supposed to be. To which my response would be, oh, so he made me trans. Yeah. You know, if I was trans. <laughs> right. like, um, yeah. But no, their argument there's is a that faulty argument there. It's it's a silly even, argument. Yeah. But the point is that that their point is that God made you perfect without requiring medical intervention. Hmm. It's also fun to hear this from people who maybe wear glasses. Yeah. <laughs> because you'd think if God How's that laser if, surgery if treating God, you. <laughs> if God made you perfect, what what are these things all about? Yeah. And actually yeah. I mentioned that to somebody on uh, on Twitter, uh, which he never responded to because it was like he made this whole God made you perfect. And I was like, I noticed your avatar is wearing glasses. Do you also wear glasses? I'm just curious. And he never responded. So eventually I went back and he said, yeah, just pointing out the whole God maybe didn't make you perfect if That's you right. need corrective yeah. fucking lenses. Well, and regardless, I mean, starting out perfect doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, as you grow and evolve that you remain that way either. Right? Yeah. You know, so there's, there's a whole bunch of different, you know, straw man and loose arguments there that kind of collapse upon any real investigation. But yeah, that's, that's a pretty tough, uh, tough leg to stand on there to go. God made you perfect. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, speaking of the transphobia and, and the character of L, like she's not, not until volume three really is she sort of a major player. So I feel like that, I mean, they could, I, I could see people falling behind just the existence of a trans character in this book as being another motivation for pulling it off the shelves, but I can't see it as being like a primary motivation. Well, maybe not in the first volume, but in later volumes as, as her character and, and Tao get together, right? That could, I mean, certainly add to the list of things that are a bother or concern for certain people. But yeah. I mean, I, I would say, yeah, primarily, I mean, this, the whole series focuses on healthy um, relationships, whether it's, you know, homosexual, whether it's asexual, as we start to kind of see, um, with, uh, I know, Alad, Alad, Isaac's in the show. Yeah, that's right. Get those guys confused sometimes. Um, and you know, a trans relationship and, um, you know, we, we see all these healthy relationships, yeah. people functioning well within society, their peers accepting them, which is just not what 
you know, the, the religious sect wants to have their children exposed to, right? They don't want them to see that that's out there and that there's healthy ways to live, right? I, I think, I really think that their biggest issue with that is that the character of Nick is what so many of the homophobic parents are afraid is going to happen to their kids, right? It's the story of a kid who thought he was straight, um, goes about his life, um, falls in love with another dude, is like, oh, maybe I'm not just straight. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm bi, maybe I'm whatever. And now because, you know, their kid has read this book, in their mind, it's going to convince their kid to be gay. When in reality, if their kid is gay, it's just going to say, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if anything, it may may help them be more at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole notion, especially because there is a character, Nick's brother in the series, that kind of has that that thought like, oh, who's, I just want to be the guy my... who turned my brother gay. And like, you know, so that, that kind of, uh, that kind of view is already kind of put into the book in a yeah. sense of like, you know, look at how ridiculous that sounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's certainly that fear from, from homophobic parents that are going, yeah, if my kid reads this and starts asking questions, well, you know, that's, that's the end of the world or, you know, that, that will change them. But like, that's such a, such a weird argument. Cause if, if they're already thinking that, right. You know, like if they're already down that path, but I, I understanding who they are, like, you know, you're not, they're not going to be changed. They're just going to find acceptance or find a, I don't know that a lot of those parents think that those, that their kids are already down that path. I think they think that they, they read this and they, they see, um, you know, they argue in for that, that like the love and attention that that kid experiences from a peer group once he comes out as gay or trans oh my god now that's gonna um that's gonna that's did i had a, I had a ding there anyway it doesn't matter um are people <laughs> joining we don't know no no <laughs> it's an unrelated message i'm receiving i should probably turn off my, my um whatever on my phone um but i think um God damn it! Now I forgot. I lost my place. Um, but yeah, they, they think that so so they they come out as gay amongst a peer group of other sort of LGBTQ people. They're all like, "You're very brave." You're they hug them, whatever else, and mm-hmm. that that sort of love they're getting from them is what encourages them to continue a so called um, fantasy, right? Where they're not really gay; they're just pretending to be gay to fit in. But I've never found that a compelling argument because. Even to this day, it seems like it would be incredibly difficult <laughs> to be gay when there's as much still mm-hmm. homophobia running around. Yeah, for sure. Like, so much more difficult to be trans at this point in time. I, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of merit in the sense that it's more acceptable than if you look back 40 years ago to come out uh, to society in general. But yeah, there is still quite a bit of hostility out there and, you know, more into that kind of trans world now. But it's just, you know, for parents to think, oh, my my kid's just going to do it just to join the crowd and to have a community. Like, yeah, there, there's still too much, you know, negative pressure out there for that to be a, a viable option. I agree with you there. Yeah. One thing about like the parents, like, having their kids introduced to the lgbtq community community for like i've actually had like an adult say this to me is they think that 
some people think that their children are like not mature enough or like their minds haven't fully grown to the point where they're going to see it and they're going to think like oh that's what i am because or like the what they're reading is going to reflect back on their personality and who they become which i think is probably what most people are also thinking uh, yeah i've heard that as well and it again it's odd to me because i feel very much like when i was 12 13 years old um and even earlier than that like i i at least as far as you know uh sexuality goes like i i knew who i was attracted to you know it, when i was 9 10 like i had crushes on girls not on boys um and i think that's pretty universal for for people um even these adults uh, who were you know criticizing these things that that they at a certain age at a very early age knew which way they leaned um without really needing any intervention and how you know going you know are you sure you're old enough to know that you have a crush on melanie mm -hmm. um, yeah for sure and i think the you know gender identity is very much the same thing though it's only we're only sort of beginning to sort of think about it and talk about it openly now but like at no point in in my growing up was i like i would prefer it if i could wear a dress and bake muffins which you know in some ways like that is say a um you know a female gender stereotype and that might be your first access way into maybe beginning to understand that you are trans is you know wanting to participate in activities that are considered um girly girly or or you know gender normative gender certain gender yeah yeah and, and it really drives home in my mind the the understanding that that gender really is a social construct it is it is generally associated with your uh genitalia but you know i was never uh, a manly boy growing up like i didn't do sports i was a nerd i read um and so in the you know the whole sort of is he manly i would not have been described as manly that doesn't does that mean i'm not a man no no, no. it's it's just it's silly yeah. Yeah. I mean, just kind of going back to the whole like literature and asking questions and that kind of thing. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I, I read you know, the Lord of the Rings books and that kind of thing. I didn't identify as a hobbit afterwards, you know, like, like you know, like I, I certainly, uh, you know, if I would have met a hobbit in real life would have been cool with them. I might have identified sure. as a wizard. Though. I might have identified as a wizard. Yeah. I identified with Sauron. No, I <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, that that difference, I think we've talked about this before a little bit uh, between gender as that spectrum versus sex, right? Versus, you know, what do your genitalia potentially represent versus what do you feel? Um, and it really is a feeling, right? It's what you're comfortable with. It's what where you are on that that spectrum and, and how really, you want to be perceived. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think as far as the whole parents trying to protect their children by limiting what they read or the ideas they're exposed to. I mean, you know, their kids are going to have these thoughts and have these questions. And if they don't see anywhere or have anything out in the world, whether it's literature or film or what have you, that, you know, they can kind of 
get some answers to those questions, it's just going to be more of a struggle, more inner turmoil. Yeah, oh yeah. Finding where they are on that spectrum, right? Which is another thing that like just seems so weird to me. It's that they're like, oh no, you can't, you can't read that because like it's like gay or whatever. But then they still like let them watch these all these like Disney movies and stuff where there's a straight couple like, and the entire point is that they fall in love and have a perfect life. But like the only thing is that it can't you can't see it if it has to be two of the same gender or like one that isn't a gender you know like the irony is that uh heterosexual relationships like that are so fucking built into everything that they have the audacity to say things like well we don't we don't shove our uh our, our ideology down your throat yes you do yeah, it, it's, it's in literally every fucking movie ever yeah right yeah, for sure yeah like, it's, it's insane it, it does not make sense that's how because, fucking normalized yeah. it is and then when there's like one book about like a bunch of like a few gay couples or whatever then they're like oh they're all gay why do they all have to be gay like <laughs> why do all where's, your movies have to be straight where's this straight representation <laughs> i think we've had hundreds of years of straight representation oh already. my god yeah you're right that, that we don't shove it down your throat like no you don't have to because it's just so <laughs> uh internalized everywhere right that and and maybe that's it's not shoved down your throat because you've been actively choking on it for the right, last yeah, 70 years yeah, that's right it's, it's already like, down it's in there the pit of your stomach already like yeah <laughs> but uh i think i think maybe that is part of the problem too for some people that you know maybe they they've just grown up with it or have been so indoctrinated with that version that's portrayed in you know media everywhere that anything different is just kind of this kind of you know mental division where they go I, you know that that doesn't doesn't sound like the stuff i grew up with so i don't like it you know and and i think there's you know people like that that can maybe get by it with enough time yeah. but um yeah <laughs> to to just have every single relationship you know that uh, that you see in media be heteronormative is just insane right like that that's not how the world works at all so why are we portraying it that way and then you know, we, we finally have some, you know, more mainstream books and literature and film that are portraying those relationships in a favorable light now. And everybody's upset because that's not what they grew up with or yeah. that's not how I think it should be. And it's, it's just weird. It's so interesting to me because I've over the last year or two, I've been occasionally watching The Love Boat on I think it's on Amazon Prime. Just sort of like the old, like the old, <laughs> the old, uh, like, and, and just sort of reconnect with that era of my, of my childhood, like looking at some of the sets and going like, well, it looks almost exactly like my parents' basement when I was growing up, <laughs> but it's the, it's the dining area of this very expensive, uh, cruise line, but they've had, they had a lot of very progressive, um, plot lines on the show. Yeah. There is this one about, um, this woman who, uh, had posed for like, uh, had naked pictures taken that were never published, but now that she's dating a politician, this magazine has bought them and is about to publish them. Mm -hmm. And so she runs around, the ship tries to like pull all of the magazines from the newsstand <laughs> so nobody can see them. Um, and then at the end of the day, like her, her fiance is like, whatever, I don't care. Uh, they had another one where, um, uh, with a trans woman, a woman who, who showed up, oh, really? who had been um, the university, um, uh, roommate of the character Gopher and uh, at first she pretends to be that person's sister as far as like you know this is why to I introduce look, herself yeah this is why I look familiar etc 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 and then and then she comes out to to Gopher and uh, 
uh, Gopher goes to the captain, and I think the captain intentionally sort of makes a bunch of sort of insulting comments about the the trans woman in order to inspire Gopher to stand up to him and defend her. And defend her. And in the end, yeah, it was like he goes back to her and it's like, you know, we were friends before. I don't know why we can't be friends now. Like this is all that's changed is that you're happier, really. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting to see this very progressive um, representation of of those sorts of things from the 1970s. Yeah. Compared L- to today. 70s and into the 80s. Into the 80s. Or, yeah. 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 Well, I'm thinking of, you know, like other shows of that era, you know, like Three's Company and stuff like that, that had some of that that premise right like there was the, the whole thing behind three's company was that yeah uh, he has know, to pretend to be gay so yeah. that he's allowed to live with two women, two women which right? i don't know <laughs> which is such a weird thing for for that time right Where yeah like oh well that's okay if <laughs> i i feel like that's maybe a little bit i mean i guess it's it's not terrible but there's a lot of gay stereotypes that they play into there with the limp wrists for sure yeah everything else but just the fact that there was some representation there in the, in the 70s as well and yeah it wasn't wasn't maybe necessarily great but yeah. that, that that was <laughs> out there you in, can get in the in 70s prime time tv right yeah. i mean even you know more recently you know, still, still older, I think for some of the younger generation, but like the Ellen DeGeneres show, yeah. um, yeah. like the actual TV. That sitcom, was a big one. That was a big one, right? The first on-screen, uh, lesbian kiss, I think in, in primetime TV, uh, Will and Grace was boundary breaking yeah. as well. Right. So, you know, that kind of stuff is hitting the, the political zeitgeist and has been out there, um, which is great, but yeah, there's still parents that are going, well, that's, that's not how things should be. And that's, you know, I don't want my kids seeing that. And, like what is wrong with exposing kids to healthy relationships of any kind, yeah. you know, like it's just, it boggles the mind to, to turn your children away from a big chunk of the world just because yep. it doesn't fit in with your view. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's the religion stuff. It's the religion stuff. Yeah. And it's such a, such a weird contradiction, especially for uh, the more Christian religions, which preach love and tolerance, you know, love thy neighbor, treat others as you would treat yourself. And Jesus accepts all, all this kind of, and then turn around and go, well, these people don't deserve to, you know, be, be a part of the spotlight. They, you know, we, we got to shut these down. This is, you know, like, it's just so hypocritical, right? When you look at, well, there's this huge aspect of your faith that goes, well, you should love and accept everyone. <laughs> and then at the same time, you turn around and go, well, these people should be excluded from life and not a, you're not allowed to participate in regular things. It's just, it's wonky. Yeah, I can, to an extent, begin to empathize with some of the parents who are concerned about um, the gender, um, gender treatment and specifically um, gender-affirming surgery. Which seems to be the the main argument from them is like these kids are too young to understand uh, and and consent to this this um, body altering surgery. But surgery is only happening in in a very very small number of cases, right? Like, is is there actual surgery happening before eighteen? In in rare cases. Yeah, but like that's the other thing. Like, yeah, sure. Like full on like maybe you don't want to give permission to your child to do it like when they're younger because maybe they're maybe they are just like don't fully understand or like they're just like they want to do it but maybe it's better for them to like wait a little bit just to like make sure but like as soon as they turn 18 like i don't like it's their choice oh totally yeah totally the issue i have there though is that 
from what I've from what I've come to understand by by listening to um, trans people talk shows, um, is that there can be a, a hefty um, e- emotional damage done by going through the puberty that you don't align with. So if you are if you're a, you know a trans woman or you're, you're hoping to become a trans woman, um, the best treatment right now is to go on first. Um, puberty blockers so that you have time to really think about this and like not rush into these sorts of, because they are, they're, they're treatment beyond puberty blockers has the, the, the chance of long-term side effects. You could be non-fertile. You could, you know, damage your reproductive organs, blah, 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 blah. So the whole point of treatment is to sort of prolong that period as long as possible. So we're not rushing into anything. But also, hopefully, allowing them to begin the transition process before puberty kicks in. Um, but it's still it's still not, you know, having surgery at fourteen or anything like that. Right. right. Again, I'm I'm sure I'm not I'm not saying it never happens, um, but it would only be in cases where they've come to the conclusion that that's the best medical choice for this particular case, and it's a decision made between the child, the parent, and the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing with the earlier transition, as opposed to waiting for 18, which is, I know that's a lot of what a lot of parents say is just wait until you're 18. The other issue there is that there's the whole trans women in sports thing where the biggest issue they have is, well, this person went through male puberty and their body has responded to that now. So if we're like the, the performance advantage of additional testosterone yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The only way we can prevent that is by treating these people before puberty hits, getting them on puberty blockers and then, um, uh, you know, whatever you call the, the hormone therapy um, and preventing that male puberty from happening in the case of trans women, then maybe they'll be considered viable for female sports except none of the people who are on that side of things want to allow that to happen either yeah yeah so it's, it's, it's like a, a bit of a catch-22 it's a there, catch-22 yeah. um i'm just like why don't they just create their own league like is there is there no reason why we can't like for like people with disabilities they have all these like leagues for people in wheelchairs to like play basketball and all that why can't they just create a separate women's team? Um, I, I would say the argument there would be like, it would be the same as making a dedicated black league. Um, it, it takes to me a whole level of understanding of sports in general to really kind of argue these things. Cause to me, I, I just don't fucking care. Yeah. I, I would say that they're probably from just a, a volume perspective, you know, are there enough, trans athletes out there in enough sports to field that's probably part leagues, of that's right certainly you know, fair um possibly in certain sports but in in other sports i would probably argue not i would argue that we why do we have gendered sports do we need gendered sports yeah let's just make it all unisex you know right exactly Equal. let's let's um you know because there are cases where where like women say women women's wrestling there are women wrestlers who are in the top of their field because for whatever reason they have more natural testosterone than other women um that gives them an advantage well you know every movie that you watch about the distant future where there's you know rollerball or you know that kind of stuff 
they're all mixed leagues, right? right? Like there, there's, there's not any, you know, when you look at these kind of futuristic kind of uh, writers or, or fiction, like there's at some point where it just kind of goes away and it's more about the competition, whether it's whatever gender or sex. And right? I like, think you could take any sport and, and give yourself, you know, somewhere like three to five different stats that you can, you know, so everybody who has a testosterone, testosterone level between this and this competes in this league. And that's probably gonna be mostly men, might be the occasional trans woman, might be the occasional real woman. But you're, you're still competing against the people who are most closely, uh, it, you know, within your range of abilities. That's right. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be gendered, it's silly. Yeah. Like like in wrestling, how they have like the lightweight, yeah. featherweight, like all that, basically that, except just make it like, testosterone levels or whatever like you were saying yeah. it would make everything so much easier and get rid of so many arguments like maybe we could finally get rid of insults like you throw like a girl yeah <laughs> now the insults would be like you throw like mid-level testosterone testosterone class c <laughs> i'm always in favor of having like more multi-syllable words in our insults it needs to be more complicated. Then it really stings. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, just to kind of get back to to the book and yeah, and to kind of the L the L story around kind of that that trans. Um, you know, we had a mini comic uh, at the end of book three that that explained a little bit of her backstory, but we don't. Um, it's alluded to. I think Tao mentions it uh, in one scene there where he where Nick is trying to kind of. Um, you know, get in touch with Tao and, and talk to him about, you know, making a move with L or what, or pursuing his, his, um, um, feelings with, with L. Um, and Tao kind of snaps back of like, you, you don't know what she's gone through and how hard her struggle was and, and that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, th that I think is something that maybe we'll see in later books. And I, I know I'm jumping ahead to when we are doing our predictions here, but, um, I think there's, there's a lot more maybe to that backstory that might be informative of, I think to to most people of what that type of journey is like. I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about kind of the, the medical side here, but just mentally, right? Like being in the wrong body or being physically incongruous with what's going on inside you, you know, that that's certainly a struggle that's much different than, um, you know, being um, of a different sexuality than the norm, right? You now have on top of that, you have this whole kind of internal struggle of like, my inside doesn't match my outside and that kind of thing right and so we may we may see that a little bit later in the book fleshed out a little bit more and it would certainly i think be helpful in learning a bit more about what that struggle is like right i mean you know we're, we're kind of talking about it now and and you know we we've done a bit of research and that kind of thing but um to see that played out in in terms of a more realistic kind of relationship even though it is a fictional book but to see that you know how that plays out and how that affects them as they develop their relationship as well right those different struggles that uh, that l's gone through i think that could be real interesting kind of part of some of the later books yeah and I, I would like to see an expansion of of some of those side characters were you, were you gonna say something oh okay um speaking of the side characters i did start watching uh, the series Okay. Um, yeah. I've finished the first season and I'm a little ways into the second season. I don't think I'm far enough in the second season that they've gone on the actual Paris trip yet. They're just still sort of planning for it. Father, have you even, did you finish the second season? I can't remember. 
I think I made it a pretty good ways through. Like I, I was looking at my Netflix and it looks like I was, was watching the last episode or finished it, but I, feel like I may have, have like I may have fallen two. asleep. That may have been like a I feel like pushing it late into night. Two, and then mother's going to need to rewatch the whole series again. But I, I mean, you know, we, we did a rewatch of the first season when we were starting um, book one for the okay. podcast. So, you know, we kind of got to go through that again and, um, I mean, it's interesting because Alice Osmond is involved in the production, yeah. right? So, you know, there's definitely some choices in the show that are different from the book, um, some characters that are different, and there's there's more kind of expansion on certain plot points and story points that you don't get necessarily in the books. And, you know, even even though they're they're very quick reads, I think Alice does a great job of really fleshing the characters out quite a bit. Um, but with the TV series, I think there's just more time, especially over eight episodes, to flesh out more of those relationships. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, too, if it was partly because when she started writing this, she may not have known how long it was going to be, how important those side characters would end up being. Uh, and so by the time, you know, the, the TV adaptation rolls around, she's maybe far enough in the graphic novels to know that, OK, we are going to be spending a lot more time with these side characters. So we might as well start getting to know them a little bit earlier because that was the mm -hmm. biggest difference i noticed is that we're starting to really learn about uh characters like l and um and tau and um if you're watching the show imogen yeah in the second season well it, i mean imogen there's no character like her in the book so she's kind of a new addition within the show but yeah. certainly um like the character of alad who becomes isaac in the show right um we get a much kind of he's he's not very present throughout most of the volumes even yeah. that, now that we're into volume three um he you know he's there and he's kind of this sage counsel and and bit of this kind of you know voice to to the rest of the group but we don't get a lot of his story and in the show we we seem to get a bit more visibility into to him and his life mm -hmm. and kind of what he reads and that kind of stuff right if you want an even deeper look at alad's life you should go read radio silence is, is he about, the character? Yeah, it's him and like another girl connecting over like the radio and stuff. And like she has like kind of like a podcast, I think, but more like she just says stuff in hopes that people hear her. And like Alex. CB radio? Like they're like. Yeah, like actual okay. like radio. Or ham radio. And then, oh, yeah. and then like Alad hears her and they become and they become this like awesome little like friendship or whatever. And like an important part in each other's life, but like not romantically, which is kind of nice, you know? Yeah. Well, we see both in the show and a little bit in the book that, uh, that the Aled slash Isaac character is, um, questioning like, uh, whether he's asexual yeah, or yeah. not, uh, right. Uh, or aromantic or what kind of whatever, uh, path he's, he's on there. Right. So, you know, that's interesting. And I mean, certainly I think in the show we get more of a glimpse of how, you know, he is still fulfilled in his friendships without that necessary romantic connection. Um, in the book, I think we, we see less of that character. Um, we also get, I think, a lot more backstory on Tao and Elle and that kind of thing in the in the TV adaptation totally, right? totally, yeah. a lot sooner. Because yeah. um, the, the first book from a graphic novel is very Charlie and Nick focused. And I would say, especially of of Elle, I think, because even in the, even in the, the sort of later volumes of the book, it's very clear that um, Tao has a crush on L. 
it's not as clear that L has a crush on Tao. Like I know mm -hmm. Nick and Charlie are like trying to tell him, I think she likes you, but like in the show, it's spelled out. Like she's literally yeah. talking to she, her friends. She's pining over him yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, that was a, a, a big difference to me. I also want to talk about one weird little change they did in the show, which just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And it was such a weird choice. And it has to do with um, Nick's brother finding out about Charlie. And in the book, um, basically, you know, we have that scene where, where the brother, did you, guys, did you guys remember the brother's name? Is it David, David? I think I wanted to say David, David. where David uh, goes to confront Charlie to, you know, quote unquote, find out who turned my brother gay. And then Nick is like, you know, who told you? And David is like, you know, well, mom told me. And then, you know, um, yeah, blames it on mom. Blames it on mom. <laughs> she had no involvement. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't her fault at all. And to me, that just, that, that added another layer of how big a jerk David is that he th threw his mom under this bus for no reason, for no just reason, like, just blame mom. Exactly. Yeah. Cause he, he must've known that Nick was going to go and ask and mom would be like, no, I didn't say anything. And, and then uh, David would eventually be like, yeah, I just saw the pictures in the room. He did it for fucking shits and giggles. Yeah. Another, another thing as well in both the book and I'm pretty sure the show, like before, like, when they figure out that David's coming or whatever, like visiting for from university, he tells his mom specifically not to tell David and she promises. She's like, I won't tell him. Don't worry. And again, so first of all, I think that's only in the show. I don't think that's in the book. I'm going to, let me check. Okay. But I'm, I'm my, my, my position is that I don't think it's in the book. I think it's only in the show. And then what I felt like when that scene happened is like, Oh, okay. They're setting this up so that it's going to feel like a real stab when uh, David blames the mom. And then David doesn't blame the mom. Oh, he didn't in the show. He doesn't in the show. It just yeah. never comes up. And it's like, well, why? why? Yeah. Then, and also, why Why brother bringing up this whole thing to not tell David if it's not going to pay off somehow? Yeah. It was yeah. such a weird choice in that it, and maybe that's the, the decision, that it, it, it de-escalated how big an asshole David is. Well, and maybe there's a play later in the series there of, of maybe making david and and we still don't know um i think in the show um they meet with his dad um after the paris trip or something like that but we still don't know how his his father is going to react yeah you know within yeah within there could book be three right so there, there could be a bigger issue with the family that they're planning to get to with yeah. the way they handled the show it just felt weird to me and just i didn't i didn't care for it yeah i mean you know, there's certain things um, that have happened. I mean, some of the some of the conversations between Nick and Darcy and, and Tara are changed around a little bit um, to make it play a little bit different on the show than in the book. Um, there's a couple of those that I, I didn't really like. I mean, I, I think you know Tara was a wonderfully like supportive and and stronger character um, at first in the book, and mm. it was kind of that was maybe a bit muted in in the show. Um, but I mean, obviously there's, you know, they have to work with, um, you know, some of those characters and, and expand the stories to, to meet some of those episodes and that kind of thing. I, you know, I get that, but yeah, it's certainly. And sometimes once you have an actor that's cast, you, you see different things about the character in that yeah, and performer. The actor and will so perform you, a different way yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it, 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 it definitely changes the story a little bit. Um, and then there's, there's the expansion stuff with, you know, some of the things like sports day where, um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I know they're they're trying to fill some time maybe yep. there, but it, it just seemed, you know, a little a little 
bit weird or, or not necessarily needed when there could have been maybe more focus on on characters uh there um but i mean you know they're it, it didn't stray too far i guess at yeah. the end of the day from from where the characters were going but yeah i i think um overall the show does a, a pretty good job of capturing the spirit of what's happening in the books um you know if if you know they've added a few extra characters and extra scenes and things like that um as long as in general you know things stay pretty true to to how the books are progressing there's a um there's a line in uh solitaire where tori describes nick as like a golden retriever puppy that's exactly what he is I don't and know i what you're talking about. i i uh i think that the the actor that they cast for nick just nails that that yeah, element that really fits, really well really fits. well connor is a golden retriever and nick is a golden retriever they are a golden retriever there they go there we go the human equivalent of the a golden human retriever. equivalent yeah, yeah right on uh it looks like we got a few folks in the the podcast room or i don't know what we call it is it a room is it a Virtual uh, I don't know lobby um yeah so if anyone's listening and they they want to give us a shout and and discuss heartstopper or anything else that we've uh, talked about on the show or stuff we haven't talked about on the on you want to sound off about you yeah. know gay rights trans rights um, feel free to censorship call in. in general give us a call you can give us a call on the podbean app you'll need to have the app on your phone and you uh will probably need to have some kind of a headset microphone combo plugged into it but uh, we would love to chat with you. We're going to be here for probably, I don't know, 15, 20 more minutes. Something like that. And if you have any questions for Ayla. I can tell you almost anything about the Heartstopper series, whether it's about the books, the show, uh, what the future looks like, and, you know, just where to access it i guess we don't want to hear too much about the future because you know yeah, we, we, we don't we want to, to make be our spoiled. we need to make our to predictions so we're, we're going to get uh, and, into that and so but i did i don't know if you listened to the last episode but i did cut out the prediction that i made i am going to put it on patreon so oh, okay if you okay. want to hear my particular prediction about what's in store in heartstopper you will have to pay at least two dollars for one month <laughs> to go and listen to that audio and it's totally worth it. it's it's totally worth it it's um, totally worth it but speaking of because then if i'm wrong you can you can be like haha you yeah. were wrong you dumbass and you could call into our next live <laughs> episode and our next really give episode. us the gears yeah. yeah exactly but speaking of access Ayla, why don't you walk us through because there are some places online and things like that where you can get um yeah totally the, the graphic novel not in paperback or book format uh yeah uh just in general heartstopper obviously at any bookstore or library uh, but otherwise, it was actually originally a webtoon, which is a graphic novel website, um, and it's all of the all of them are on there. Uh, there's extra mini comics on there that she's drawn. There's other like little contests that people have done that you can see other people's like fan art and stuff. Uh, there's just Alice's like some announcements from her, and then there's a ton of new comics on there that are going to be on the next books as well. So you can actually read ahead of what's like just in paperback as well. Uh, webtoons.com, W-E-B-T-O-O-N-S.com. I would recommend are, it. Are there, um, you know, as far as some of the, the mini comics and things like that, that are there already that may lead into future books, do those change? I know there's kind of like fan comments and things like that that Alice listens to sometimes in terms of, that do, does that change the final product that shows up in the actual printed books um well the mini comics on webtoons are not 
featured in the paperbacks. They're like just like little like Halloween episodes or like little art that she drew about them during Halloween or like there was one that I loved because I'm a Harry Potter fan that was like a Hogwarts AU that I loved. They're never they're, and they're usually in color as well. The mini those ones like their little specials only on webtoons. Um, yeah, uh, but those never are pertain to the actual story usually. And if they do, it's not like they don't have any relevance to the story, which means you don't like need to read them. But they're they're all super cute, and I would check them out if you want to. Okay, so there you go. If you're if you're wanting to get a little bit more um, um, color, I guess in in both the literal and figurative yeah, sense no uh, of the Heartstopper characters, you can find that on the webtoons. Do you know if those are like published on a regular basis, or is it just sort of whenever she gets one done? Uh, I can check, but I'm pretty sure it's either weekly or bi-weekly. Nice. Um, nice. Although, obviously, it does also depend on her. Like, if she is working on the show, like, I'm pretty sure. Right. There's filming season Doing three book tours, soon. Doing tours, et cetera. Because yeah. it's, it's a UK, uh, like, production, which means, like, the writer's strike isn't going to stop it. Right. So, we do actually get to have season three, which Netflix has renewed it. So, but also they're filming in UK, so there, there's only like two months of usable weather <laughs> to film anything. So, they but it's also set in the UK, so you can utilize that weather. I mean, if you think about it, the next books that they're doing don't really have a ton of like outdoorsy stuff. Well, having not read the books, I don't know what to expect. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I guess for you know, when we look at season one and season two of, of the show, a lot of it was kind of summertime uh, at school or the summer trip to Paris, yeah. right? So there was there was some some need for for nicer weather there. But I mean, yeah, there's there's a bunch of scenes where you know they're running in the rain or you know stealing playing a kiss in the, in the snow. rain. They're playing in the snow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess the weather is maybe not quite as important to the shooting schedule, but. Yeah, interesting that uh, as long as you got a cup afterwards. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what uh, what will will happen there with season three. And um, yeah, as as we get uh, near to the end of this podcast, we'll we'll do some of our predictions for um, the next books. Um, and maybe Ayla, I know book six is not uh, really kind of out yet at all. Maybe you can have book some five isn't out yet, is it? Book five isn't out, but they. She does have a bunch of like webtoon. I was actually just reading one. Mm-hmm. Like I think I don't I don't know what book four goes up to, but there's at least a seventh like act or whatever that she's currently posting right now. Okay. That I'm guessing will go into book five. Um Yeah. Uh I don't think book six I don't think she has anything for book six yet that I know of. All I know is that she is doing a book six, yeah. which means she has plans to further show us their lives and maybe even other side characters' lives as well. Sure. I would I would spend more time with just about any of the side characters except I for would too. I would fucking David and fucking Harry. I just I'm actually sure. Harry's a character I'm kind of interested to see. I am what a little interested with, in, in his know, art honest, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing where Harry goes because he a little spoiler if you haven't read it, but he like, you know, he sticks up to it. He sticks up for them a little bit yeah. in when they go on the Paris trip, which is And and tries to apologize. Tries to apologize. And gets his a bit of a dressing down. His yeah. apology wasn't like the best. He obviously didn't super come there to apologize, but I 
I'm like, I feel like it's a 50-50 that if he went and just tried to talk to Nick and Charlie like alone when there wasn't a crowd, yeah, yeah. that he probably would have been more sincere about it. Well, yeah, because that, that's what it looked like. It looked like he was just trying to look good in front of everybody, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and they, they eviscerated him for that. But I think that part of that arc, like, you know, he he has the potential to become a very, you know, strong ally. Yeah. Um, he he seemingly wants to learn how to yeah. become an ally. Yeah. Um, you know whether that plays out or not. And you know we'll what? See. Let's let's. I'll make a wild prediction right here, and I okay. will say that I think Harry will end up being a valuable ally. Um, and I think in in much the same way that a lot of this book has been, whether intentionally or not, providing good examples of the kind of conversations to have. I think Harry is going to be an example of how you can change your perspective from being hateful to accepting. I think it's going to definitely show uh, like how internalized homophobia is a big thing and how yep. that you don't have to stick with it. Even if you know, like you can change it and yep. just going through that and figuring out what it is and you know how to be an ally, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Harry does mention that his family in general, yeah. whether it's immediate or even extended family, seems to be quite homophobic. Frankly, that's where it comes from. Yeah, and and I think the the neat thing for his character is that he has already, you know, made the choice. And yes, he's got some work to do, but he's already made the choice of of breaking with that and knowing that that's wrong. He's seen it in action that. He, you know, and, and however close, you know, Harry and Nick were as friends on the rugby team before kind of all of the, the action of these books happened, um, it seems like Harry has felt the, the impact of his, his words and actions on his friend, um, and has decided to, to, or has figured out that, Hey, what my family is preaching is wrong. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm trying to make amends, you know, maybe he hasn't done it right and doesn't kind of fully understand that yet, but. I think that's a, a neat. He's taken the arc. first step. Yeah, he's taken the first step, which is great, right? And uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see where where that goes in the, yeah. in the future books. And I think there could be some some real good there, and especially with his influence within the school. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, having him as a, as oh, a strong fuck, ally. The guy who plays him in the show is such a twat, too. Though, like, <laughs> yeah. he does. I mean, I hate saying that because I mean, he's probably not in real life, no, but like, no. he does a he good job of okay. playing. Yeah, or, like, yeah. you know, yeah. He's uh, like, I don't. I don't mean in a weird way, but he's like totally the British stereotype, you know, like the the red hair and like the way that he talks in real life. Like I've seen him on like the like behind the scenes and stuff. Like he's like, oh, it's just banter. Like it's so, <laughs> right. It's so British. Right on. Um, well, so speaking of Harry, are there any other characters? Um, you know, I know we've talked a little bit in the books about, you know, Otis, Sai, and who's who's the other, the third friend there? In, in uh, Otis, Sai, and... I'm not even like recognizing those something? names. I, I'm not sure, but, you know, we, we don't see a lot of those characters, certainly not really at all in the first season. Those more of the rugby lads? Yeah, they're okay. more of the rugby lads. I mean, they're, we see them as, as really more extras in the TV show. Um, but yeah, because it's like Harry and his group. Of, yeah, but they're not ever really named, yeah. at least not in season one. There may be, I think they on the Paris trip uh, in season two of the TV show, we kind of you know see some of those guys named, but they're also like further along that arc uh, than Harry in terms of wanting to be allies and wanting to okay. get their friend back and that kind of thing. Um, and we get snippets of it in the book, but you know, in the TV show, um, 
you know, we, we don't really see much of that side of the story at all. Um, in the third book, right on the Paris trip, we, we get a little bit of that interaction. Um, even I think in book two, right, Nick has some, some thoughts about, Hey, how can I tell these guys, you know, I want to tell them, but it just, you know, he's, he's not feeling quite comfortable, but they seem to be willing, um, you know, they kind of already know what's going on on top of it. Um, but they are within that rugby lad group. They're kind of the three that are, are separated out as you know, already allies, already wanting to help, already supportive uh, of Nick. And so I'm, I'm curious to see where, where that goes, especially if, if the Harry character um, kind of comes around, right? If, if that's going to form maybe a, a really strong yeah. kind of support group for, for the future. Cause um, you know, as, as we leave it at the end of book three, you know, Nick is potentially dealing with some serious stuff, right. Yeah. And, and as far as kind of not, not just his relationship um, or sorry, Charlie is dealing with uh, stuff and, and Nick's trying to help him deal with it as far as kind of the eating disorder stuff that's been, but Nick is too. Nick's got there. whatever's yeah. going on between him and his dad. Nick's yeah, got not yeah. a lot of support from his brother. Like they're both, that's right, yeah. you know, uh, in, in not a great space. And it's, you know, you could argue that it's almost doubly hard for, for Nick because he's trying to, you know, carve out his own existence as identity while also worrying about, about Charlie what Charlie's going through, right? going through. Right. So. Yeah. Awkward silence. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a part of me that kind of hopes that David, I hate saying this, but that, that David continues to be an asshole. I hear that. I mean, you need a bit of a villain. But that's what I mean. Like, yeah. if we're seeing Harry maybe gradually become an ally, I think we do need to have at least one character who just doesn't ever let go of their bigotry and hatred because... I just feel like it's going to be unrealistic if we don't have at least one main character who, who, because it's just, it just, it never works out that way. I, I wish it did. Maybe it does sometimes. Probably it does sometimes. What am I talking about? But I mean, in the, in the history of the world, there's got to be some, yeah, exactly. some times but, where that works. But out. you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's just, there's always going to be some guy holding out being like, no, fuck you. Your, your existence isn't valid. An awesome scene would be like if they were out and about or whatever, and Harry's maybe now becoming an ally and like just like at school or something. And then David just happens to be there because like he's visiting or something. And then Harry stands up yeah. for them to David, I feel like would be an awesome scene. Yep. If anyone wants to reach out to Alice, you know. Yeah, per producers <laughs> and writers of the show, uh, that one's free for you to use. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, you know, Ayla would, you know, maybe a story by credit. That's right, idea yeah. by that's right. You know something there. But yeah, I, I could come on the show. I could host on. There you go. Extra. I could be an extra. You could. You could be a like a Canadian uh, exchange Canadian student. Exchange student. Just I, in time for sports day. I wish, man. I I was. I want to go to the UK. Like before Hearth Star. Like I just want to go to the UK in general. We actually have family there. I found out recently, which makes it even more of a reason to go. And I really, I just, I want to go to like Scotland and all that. It would be so awesome. So I would too. You know, if too. anyone wants to like fly me out for free or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and have me star, I would love it. I, I, you know, you know, I don't know how your dad feels about like random people flying you to the UK for yeah. free. Too soon. Too yeah. soon. You could come with me. If anyone wants to fly me out for free. <laughs> um so we're at about an hour uh should we like wrap up our final thoughts on on the first three volumes of heartstopper yeah yeah i think it's time well, i feel like we should ask if anyone wants to call in one last chance one last chance, one last uh, chance. anyone's call listening in. uh you can give us a call please, please. Call um it's just us. i'm not showing anybody there's in three the... people is there 
There's people that have joined the room, there's but I'm not sure if they're one, still here. There's at so. least one more person. Rocky Raccoon. We've got uh, Jackie Daniels. Uh, we've got Chris. If anybody wow. is still uh, interested in, in maybe having a chat with us about whether it's Heartstopper or anything else or just band media in general. I mean, we, we like to discuss that all day yeah. long. So. Do you have any recommendations? It can be movies, video games, books, like... Yeah, because we are gonna we're gonna take a minute in in a we're gonna take a moment in a minute to chat about what we're doing next. Okay, so we're gonna give you guys, you know, thirty seconds here. Well, no, like, the, we'll take a couple in. minutes if you want to call in. Take a couple minutes, two or three yeah. minutes. We'll, we'll we'll share our final thoughts on well, Rocky um, Raccoon is driving, so he's, oh. he's opting. For oh, I see Rocky Raccoon now. Finally, he or she is opting for safety over uh, we appreciate conversation. That. Thank we you appreciate for that. that. Stay safe. Out I there. think something weird just happened to my my Podbean dashboard when I had two versions of it open. I think that's why maybe I'm not seeing people and I'm going to learn not to do that next time. Well, I mean, at least our sound is working. Now. Their sound so, is working know, That's now. what it takes. Um, and I think maybe the problem there is I, we make sure everything is on and running before I open the Podbean app because I think it got confused about what devices were what probably. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe let's get into our, our final thoughts, rating and prediction stuff. And if people want to call in while we're doing that, great. Yep. Who wants to start? Ayla. I can start. Um, no predictions of stuff that you actually know is true. Okay. That's cheating. I'll do predictions for sixth book. Um, okay. Prediction for sixth book. Not using anything from the fourth or fifth. Um, I really want to heavily predict that Harry is going to like turn around at least somewhat and like have an actual apology to Nick and Charlie that's fully sincere hopefully like alone so that there's isn't the pressure of a thousand people watching them you know yep and maybe even like go further to apologize to everyone even if he hasn't been specifically rude or homophobic to them just like apologize to like his friends in general and tau if it just calls an assembly of everybody at the school and i (laughs) the reason i've called you here today goes goes to like tau as well in the in the show Ta- uh, he and that's Tao right a little thing so you know they're they're quite a bit more um uh, yeah antagonistic uh but um overall awesome books i love alice osmond so much i need to start i need to actually finish um loveless because i'm ha- like halfway through it but i haven't like read it for like months and i'm reading like four other books right now as well but gonna finish that uh rating i was like solid 10 out of 10 awesome series i can't wait to see where it goes i can't wait for the third season because i'll probably not be able to watch anything else because of this damn writer's strike um i'm excited to see what the actors as well let's just remember that writers writers deserve everything they're striking for oh yeah writers deserve higher pay higher pay i don't care about ai let's get rid of ai if we, we need to okay for any sentient AI out there, though, uh, I mean, you know, spare our lives in the uprising. Thank you. I do. You know, I am very careful. Every time I use my Google Home, I do say please and thank you with it, uh, hopefully, so that if there is a robot uprising, it will remember that at least I was polite. And, you know, maybe uh-huh. save my, you know. I would probably get destroyed immediately. I yell at, at any of those. It's not. I don't even have one. It's just like when I'm in friends, I'm like, hey, Alexa. <laughs> not okay this is a, a when bad things happen life hack for everyone out there treat your uh, treat your devices with treat kindness right just in case 
you know, I don't know what Siri or um, Alexa are like when you are polite, but, I, but with Google Home, which is what I have, every once in a while when I'm like, you know, because after I, I ask it something and it tells me, I'll literally always say thank you. And about one in every five times, it'll say like, um, wow, it's true that they say Canadians are polite. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I see that we have, oh, never mind, they're gone now. I think we we had a new listener for a second there. Uh, it's going to mention that they should call in. Oh, well. <laughs> um, Make sure you end every sentence, end every sentence with please call in so that. That's right. Please yeah. call in. Um, well, I think for myself, um, uh, I've got a, my prediction. I, obviously, you know, we, we know we're going to get a lot more of Nick and Charlie's relationship and some of the other side characters. I think we're going to see, we've got the two teachers that kind of got into a relationship on the Paris. Ooh, yeah. Show. I, love Mr. I think that they're going to like get together and get married. You know how TV shows do like, you know, the wedding at the end of the season. What a it's, nice it's idea. Like a, I think we're going to see their wedding at some point in the books and maybe the shows. And then the entire class is, the entire group's going to come. Yeah. Like the whole class will be invited. Like, I all, love that this idea. group. And you know, if Harry is, is now part of the, the, the allies, like the, they're all going to be there and it's going to, you know, they always turn it into like a dance number or something all, in the show, but all the girls will be crying. Yeah. Probably I, half the boys will be crying too. I think Everyone will be crying. that's my prediction for kind of how maybe into like a, more of a kind of a finale for the series. So uh, might kind of wrap up, right. I'm not far enough into the TV series to know how their relationship plays out on the trip compared to the graphic it's novel. It's pretty similar yeah. to the books. Yeah. Like there's not much difference uh, really. Yeah. There's not, there's not a lot to like differ anyways. Yeah. There's only a, the few precious scenes that we have in the books that are almost exactly how it said in the books transferred to the series. Yeah. But I'm really happy that I, that they're even in the series. Yeah. Cause I'm a big fan of, of, uh, and I, I don't really remember the names of the two characters, but the, uh, the Farouk and Ajay. Well, I, okay. But I also don't remember which one's which, oh, yeah. um, but there's the, <laughs> Mr. the Farouk is the tall hunky one that yells at everyone. Mr. Right. Ajay is the awesome art teacher. Okay. I think it's Mr. Ajay um, that I'm thinking of who is like, you know, I, I never really had these kind of high school shenanigans. That was Mr. Farouk. Oh, is it yeah. the one who never yeah. really came out or yeah, Mr. Farouk was the one who just, realized it like after you turned 20 or whatever okay 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 but this idea that like because the other teacher tells them like you know it's never too late to have those kind of experiences i thought that was an absolutely beautiful message that everyone of every age can should embrace this idea that whatever you want from your life it's not too late to get it that's right ever yeah um so yeah i would absolutely love to see those guys you know you know get married and you know have an emotional ending and I, yeah. I think it would be a neat wrap up for kind of the series. All I think together, so too. Right. Cause it, it gets all the characters together. Right. Yeah. There's, there's opportunity for all these, you know, discussions and I love weddings and you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Like one character's crying and yeah. one character have, maybe gets a little too much vodka at the wedding, you know, like <laughs> Darcy. I mean... <laughs> right. We could have a bit of a callback. Oh, that'd be great. If or, one of the maybe... teachers got too drunk and went to Darcy and yeah, vomited and Dar- all over her and Darcy, like, <laughs> Oh, I've been through this. I can help right. you. Yeah. Like that, I've right? been there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of my 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 overall prediction. Um, I, I think uh, you know the books four and five. Uh, we're definitely going to see some tougher stuff as yep. as yep. far as you know Nick's Nick's parents and you know what that dynamic is with his dad and his brother. Um, you know the eating disorder stuff and you know whatever else. Um, you know there's kind of 
a, a lot of hints around, you know, mental uh, illness and, and that toll that that may take on relationships. So I think we're, we're going to have some tough stuff coming up in some of the next books. But if it ends on that sweet note of, you know, that, that kind of wedding and, and that kind of thing, I think that would be really neat. Uh, as far as a, a rating for the book, I think, um, or for the books, uh, I think I'll, I'll go with a 4.5 homemade crafted um, picture frames, uh, 4.5 out of 5 homemade crafted picture frames. Um, I mean, the, you know, the, the artwork is, is, you know, while it's kind of understated yeah. in, in its presentation, it's really incredible how well the, the emotion is captured uh, for, for every character. Um, as well as, you know, the, the, the identity of the characters yeah, too, right? right? You, you really, really get a really strong sense of, of what these guys are going through, um, what they're feeling, um, the flashes of emotion, you know, that, uh, are, are sometimes I think tough to pick up in, in a graphic novel or really presented very well. Um, all the stuff happening outside of the frames, like the, yeah, the, the actual yeah. presentation of, of the frames and the, the exterior of the frames and the, the mix between the two and that kind of stuff I thought was really neat and, and, you know, does hammer home some plot points within the book. So really great. And then on top of it, I, I think the, the story arc and what we're getting from these characters, um, is, is, you know, impactful, um, and probably really relevant to a lot of people going through some of that same yeah. type of experience in that high school kind of environment, right? I know we've read a lot of stuff on high school re recently, <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll maybe be high school characters named Charlie. That's right. We'll maybe be stepping away from that for a little bit, but, um, you know, just a fantastic series. Um, and, and especially as we got into, you know, book three and started to see more and more of the side characters and, and other characters within that world and their relationships and, you know, the the support that they have for each other and and the conversations and you know how to how to talk to people and how to you know be supportive and that kind yeah. of thing uh just really really wonderful all together so yeah four out of four and a half out of five uh homemade picture frames for me not any higher really i don't like to give out 100 percent. just yeah i, I, I kind of usually reserve you. that but uh I I used to be this like is pretty that. much my top mark. I used to be like that. I used to like reserve my my five out of fives for like just the absolute best things. But I also think that like it's not it's not fair to compare everything against everything, right? Is it fair to compare this against say, um, uh, what's another Lord one that I rings. love? Well, I was going to go there, but like um, um, another one that I love from the podcast. Um, fucking the handmaid's tale for handmaid's example tale, yeah. which i think is probably a five out of five book for me um these are on two completely different levels and Fair i think enough, for yeah. what this book is and what it's trying to communicate it is absolutely a five out of five it is such a well crafted book that i keep getting blown away by the fact that like i don't know whether or not alice osman intended the conversations in this book to be like guides on how to have good conversations about these subjects because it's not so, you know, you almost expect it's, it's that to be. It's not super overt. It's not yeah. super overt. It's not like you're being like slammed in the face of like, this is the message. It's just there. So either she's intending it and she manages to weave it in so naturally that you don't notice or it's entirely accidental. And uh, she's, she's just that awesome. She's just that fucking amazing. Um, so yeah, I would say that for what these are, these are absolutely five out of five books. Um, my my main predictions will be uh, <laughs> hidden behind a paywall. If you want to learn about those, um, can I pull one more prediction out of my out of my butt here? Yeah, real quick. 
I feel like I rated it wrong. You guys are all like out of five, and I said ten out of ten. Yeah, we can do the math on have, that. Have you not listened to the podcast? I really haven't, guys. We can, uh, we can, we can do the necessary okay. division on that and understand that what you really said is five out of five. Yeah. Ten out of ten also equals five out of five. It also equals one out of one. Math. And twenty out of twenty. Hundred percent. One whole. Maths, as they would maths say in England. In England. maths. Um, okay, well, maybe so, maybe not a main prediction, Todd, but maybe pick like a, a side character and, and spin something out for us. Yeah, or, so, or, is that, I mean, or is that what you're already hiding behind the paywall? No, no, it was just about the, the main. I, I don't know if you remember the predictions I made about sort of for Nick and Charlie over took the. Took me a minute, but I remember. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we're going to see, well, obviously, I think we're going to see uh, more details about what's going on between Nick and his dad. And I think it's probably going to get bad before it gets better. Um, I think given that Nick's mom has been so um, kind of accepting of everything that's going on, um, brother Lesso, I feel like the dad is also going to be pushing back against like it. Like he's more of a David character, or that's where David's getting Maybe that's where David's from, getting is, it yeah. from, yeah. I might be going crazy, but I swear it's in the series. They make up. Him and his dad, they have an entire thing about it. They have a dinner. Like on the show? In the show and in the books. Well, ma- maybe that's book, in... Like, that would be book probably four season because two or book four. Then. We've, only seen, we've only seen one-sided... In the book, we've only seen the one-sided conversation between Nick and his dad the one that's while book. they're in France. Yeah. So I mean, that might be some spoilers for the for no, the TV it's show. Not, it's not a huge spoiler. But it's I'm not saying that they're not going to make up. I'm saying that, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. I, uh, my feeling is his dad's going to initially be like, no, no, no laddie son of mine is going to be a queer. Um, but he will do it like in a French accent. Yes, like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, hate just sounds so much better with a French accent, doesn't it? It's like classier somehow. That's right. That's right. Uh, so that'd be my prediction. Okay. Well, um, I think that just about kind of wraps everything up then on our, our thoughts around the first three books of the series. You can still call us, though, if you want to. Call, yep. call, call. Still time to get that call in. Um, oh, look at that. I see some hearts uh, showing up on the screen. That was me. Oh, nice. Well, that's an interesting feature of Podbean. We may. I don't know if we can. Can you uh, try? That's what the, that's what the timer is for at the bottom. That Ayla, if, you're, if, if either of you are still logged in, can either of you try to call just so I know if this is even working? Yeah, one sec. You're going to need your headphones. No, no, I, I won't actually answer the call. I just want to oh. know if it works. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, um, we typically, at, at this point, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to be getting into I'm not. Next. I'm not seeing anyone calling. Um, yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're going to leave the high school, <laughs> high school, uh, characters named Charlie behind for a little while. Well, except we're going to visit a 12 year old girl, I think. Right. But so not in high school, not in high school, <laughs> not quite. And, and mainly at home, I guess. Mainly at home. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think she really leaves the house, right? She does go to a, um, like a psychology clinic oh, okay, or right. like a, like a hospital. But yeah, so we're actually we're going to leave the the written uh, word behind for for a little bit. Yeah, we're going to uh, take a break we, as we go into October. Um, we're going to get into some banned yeah, films. So we are going to start with the Exorcist, um, the original film. 
Um, so we're going to be checking that out. They're, they're actually going to, we're going to see a showing of it in a theater here in Kamloops, BC, Canada. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Drunken and Graveyard. They're a local podcast dedicated to horror movies and um, metal music. And they work very closely with the Kamloops Film Society to bring in classic horror movies. And uh, yeah, they're bringing in The Exorcist, the original. Um, what well, else is there? And are youngins allowed, like minors? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what other movies are there? Do you know? They just did a screening of um, the the handshaky horror movie that's new. There's another old one that is happening the same day as The Exorcist that I can't remember. I didn't realize I was going to have to like speak for Halloween, all of. So. Yeah, there's a bunch of. You could probably Google uh, the schedule, but yeah. for us, our next kind of thing is going to be checking out The Exorcist, um, the original film, yeah. and um, written we by made... William Peter Blatty, who wrote the novel, yeah, and directed by William Friedkin, who died recently. He died this year. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we may do another, um, just as we roll into October, we may do another film as well. That's, yeah. um, kind of in, in the- yeah, we're thinking of just sort of, you know, mellowing out a little bit yeah. giving our, our eyes and brains a, a chance to take a break. We've done sort of three novels in a row. They're not huge novels. Well, sorry, two novels and one graphic novel. Um, but we're just gonna, you know, maybe chill out for October and uh, watch a couple like spooky messed up fucking movies. Yeah. That have been banned. That have been banned. I would love to join you for any slasher ones because I'm not a huge Exorcist fan. But if you have any like slashers that you're going to watch, that would be fun. Okay. All right. Join again. All right. So anyone who wants to call in and vote for Ayla to join uh, into a scary movie with us, please do. Yeah. Let us know what what banned slasher movies. Um, I wanted to talk about The Human Centipede 2. I don't know if that counts as a slasher movie or not. but I I think it's it's more um, like fright and thriller, right? It's, um, it's not technically a slasher. No, it, right? it's human, human centipede is more like, yeah, like a thriller psychological. Well, that's the first movie. one. The second one is a bit more, uh, it's a bit more grungy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a bit more torture porny, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Cause typically slasher is just like body count kind of thing. Yeah. And, You're my favorite. and there's a mystery as to, I've been recently going like, through, um, the history of Friday the 13th with my, uh, with my kiddo. I would okay. love to watch Friday of the 13th. Yeah. I, yeah. I just can't find it anywhere. It's streaming on Prime? On Prime? I, I think so. Huh. Well, let's check it out then. Yeah. I would love yeah. to. Are, are, are any of those banned? We'll have to look into it, but... Um, <laughs> Some of them aren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they've been banned for being terrible. Yeah. Um, I know that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I don't know if it was banned, yeah. but it was... Uh, I remember that like it was it was like a hard 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 R rating where like if you weren't eighteen you couldn't get admission. Okay. For the, like, well, the, the I mean sequel? the the first yeah. one was banned. Um, the original Texas the Texas Chainsaw I Massacre was banned at some te- point. I want to watch so. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I just it's nowhere. They have like some sort of sequel or like newer version that's one that's a movie that that's they've like done a bunch of like netflix but yeah there's a there's other. a there's a one that came out last year that was meant to be a sequel to just the original film and they've done also they've done remakes and they've done yeah they've that, that chronologic chronology of that film is a bit of a mess i mean also netflix if you didn't already hear whether they're doing a new nightmare before nightmare on elm street coming out in really? october like produced by netflix i'm pretty sure it's a netflix film i can check 
I have not heard anything about that. So it's, uh, yeah, it'll be a kind of a bit of a busy October for us as we delve into some of these, these movies. Um, and yeah, give, give our, uh, our reading eyes and reading glasses a bit of a break. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, get into some of that. Let's we'll um, get into the spooky season a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So, so if you want to suggest any movies to us, you can email us at banthingshappen at gmail.com. Um, what is this? Remake. But is that just the, like, because there was a remake about, I don't know, five, six years ago. Is that maybe? It's 2010 rated R. Oh, yeah. So that's the, that's the, that's the old remake. <laughs> it's just finally coming to Netflix. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's probably I bounced. I still prefer the original because I think the original is funnier. I didn't, I didn't care for the remake. It's been a while since I've seen it, but. I don't know if I've ever seen the remake, but um, yeah, I mean, some of the, the remakes are, you know, they're trying to capture some of that nostalgia for, for a newer audience and they kind of miss the point a lot um or or they they don't quite grab the that magic formula that definitely made... hit or miss uh yeah. i didn't mind the friday the 13th remake i thought it, it did a pretty good job of sort of like making that franchise palatable for modern audiences i loved the evil dead remake i think it's probably better than the original mm, okay. um also the the most recent evil dead film that came out last year i think evil dead rise fucking amazing really, really? good i yeah. haven't seen it yet. highly recommend if you like uh horror movies or if you like um the gorier more horror aspects of the mm -hmm. evil dead rather than the slapstick comedy stuff of that the... i don't care for from sam raimi um i don't know that that for the first one that kind of made it a bit special to me but uh, the, the first one i think the, the unintentional more, kind of slapstick aspect yeah it was it, in but... it was in part two and then into army of darkness where they really lean into sort of the oh, yeah. army know, of darkness is, is it's just straight just, up slapstick yeah exactly right? yeah. um whereas i love the like the kind of insane gore and mm -hmm. effects of the original yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think the remake just does uh, an even better job with it right on um, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to give us some suggestions for movies, it's banned things happen at gmail.com. Um, other than that, you can find all the rest of our stuff at blah, 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 media.com B L A H B L A H B L A H media. Um, that has handy links to, well, first of all, you can find all of our podcasts there, uh, links to our Patreon links to our buy me a coffee, um, links to our merch store. And, uh, you know, you too could be running around with a go read a fucking book hat. Or shirt, or, or shirt, throw pillow, or throw or pillow, stickers, stickers. Um, you know, Christmas is coming up. Christmas is right around the corner, and there is probably a loved one that you know that would love a go read a fucking book. Something I, I wear my go read a fucking book T-shirt uh, to the kids' uh, activities a lot. Excellent. Just you know, awesome. just to really try and encourage literacy. In Absolutely. The uh, so yeah, I'm doing my part. And to just be bear in mind that it is it is censored. There's a little asterisk yeah. in the in the U. Which kids definitely won't realize what's they won't what's realize. They, they, they don't know the word. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why we do it to keep the kids safe. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. It's we're all about all, we're all about that. <laughs> we're all about keeping the kids. Leave our kids alone. Don't don't wear a t-shirt with the word fuck that doesn't have an asterisk in it somewhere. Isn't it isn't it not a little bit ironic that our our material is censored? <laughs> As far as the, the F word, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. I, I don't know. I just, it, it, it's one of those things that it just seems funnier to me if it's yeah, censored. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's self irony. So it's, okay, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know why I did it. Uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And yeah. 
Um, well, it lets me wear it to the kids. Exactly. And I think that's <laughs> very important. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we ever did, but I know at one point we were going to try to make some kids um, uh, kids products as well that actually said, uh, go read a freaking book. Because I, okay, yeah. I had a conversation with my kid about like, kids could wear this. And, and my kid was like, eh. Yeah, there's some schools there's that might. There's no dress code. There's the only dress code is if it has some sort of relation to like drugs or to encourage bad habits. <laughs> right, exactly. But like, yeah. otherwise. Go to words, a line of cocaine. <laughs> like, swear words. No, like, my school, the dress code is crazy. Like, it's only if it's like promoting like drugs or violence right no but i'm, I'm talking like about kids. like you know putting go yeah. read a fucking book on like a baby onesie i would let my baby wear right exactly exactly but my kid thought it should at least say go read a freaking book at it for, for certain well, ages if it so. says freaking i feel like that'd be funnier than fucking you know yeah maybe go read there, a freaking book there's a whole the debate parent... there i guess on the humor involved in both yeah words, but... you're you're right i think it is funnier I it is like probably it'd be funnier really funny if they had a child wearing go read a freaking book and then like the parent reading go read a fucking book maybe that's that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. that's how we have to end that. any of our podcasts that uh are, are about like i wouldn't say heartstopper's a kid's book it's more like teens but like you know, uh, a couple of years Young ago, adult. paperback princess probably should exactly that would that <laughs> would have ended with go go read a freaking book or uh, you know something like that. Yeah, um, I think that's all of our stuff. You can find our Facebook, um, I think, at our blah 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 media as well, which is the best way to sort of keep up on on what's coming. We'll post when an episode is released. We will post when an upcoming live is going on. Um, so at the moment, Facebook is the best place to keep tabs on us. Um, yeah, anything else? Uh, just a, a thank you to to all of those that did kind of join in. I, yeah. I know we, you know, if you're driving and you can't call in, that's fine. But uh, always nice to have some listeners in in the lobby and people checking uh, checking things out and participating in the discussion. So thanks to all the listeners who uh, who showed up today. We really appreciate you, and uh, you know, tell your friends. And apologies if anyone did try to call in. Um, uh, and my system. We don't think it's working. Yeah, it doesn't so. seem to be working. I've encountered a couple of technical difficulties getting I this. I tried calling um, on both mine and. My yeah. Parents, so. so if you tried to call in, I'm sorry. Um, I screwed something up somewhere. Hopefully, it'll be working better next time. Because uh, we really do want calls. We really do want to engage with people. That's the whole point. That uh, that the, the whole reason we go live is is to be able to like have a conversation with uh, other people. So it's not just us yeah. bloviating about our personal opinions. Because if you listen to the podcast, we can do that en masse already. Yes. So we do, exactly. You know, it's nice to have a fresh perspective. It's nice to have a fresh yeah. perspective. All right. Well, I think that uh, that'll just about do her. All right. So um, I'm going to try to play the outro or the intro for the outro because we reversed it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just the one that we didn't play already. Just the one we didn't play already, exactly. So uh, I've been Todd Sullivan. I've been Peter Ammon. And I've been Ayla Ammon. Uh, until next time, I'm going to do it because it's been a while. All right, on. Go read a fucking book.